When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So today I want to talk about unconscious bias. And this is on my mind because I'm currently reading a book by a phenomenal author and journalist. Her name is Jessica Nordel, or it might be pronounced Nordell. I'm actually not positive. But Jessica wrote a book called The End of Bias, A Beginning. And it's all about looking at unconscious bias and the ways that it shows up in our day-to-day lives and the way that it shows up in our larger societies and the way that it has an effect on things like laws passed and on social norms and so on and so forth. Um, and it's it's a phenomenal book. I'm I'm bringing her on as a guest. That episode should be out in a few weeks, so keep an eye out for that episode. But also pick up the book. The link is going to be in the description of this episode. What I want to talk about is something that really like sat with me. So it's in chapter ten. The chapter is called "Unbreaking Culture." Now, if you've been listening to this show over the last few months, you know that I am making sort of like a pivot with this podcast where instead of focusing so much on like, you know, the tips and tricks that you can use on a a day-to-day basis to improve your quality of life, I want to shine a larger spotlight on the larger cultural and societal things that we as a community, as a people, need to make changes in, where tiny leaps can be applied at a bigger scale, essentially. And this shows up in social justice issues, this shows up in our politics, this shows up in our healthcare system, in our unemployment, so on and so forth. But these are things that no individual person can move forward by themselves. We need to sort of come together to make meaningful and lasting changes in these areas. And I'm making this shift because One, there's 800-something episodes on, like, the tips and tricks of productivity or time management or meditation or whatever it is, right? Like, I've done that. If that is what you're interested in, go listen to one of the other 800-something episodes on that. And that doesn't mean that that will never show up again. Because really, I want to operate in this, like, intersection between personal development and social justice. And so these topics are going to come up. But... I think for me, it's far more exciting and interesting and and hopefully worthwhile and impactful to talk about things that are a little bit bigger than just our day-to-day worries. Like there are a lot of things that we're all worried and stressed about. And a lot of that actually does come from the larger conversation. Like a lot of that is because of the the cultural and political environment that we live in. Um, things that are harder to change, but through this sort of tiny leaps philosophy, we can eventually create big changes in them. And that's why I'm excited to bring Jessica on as a guest, because bias, both in the individual and as a society and in our culture, has a massive effect on each person's individual experience of the world and what life means. Now, in this chapter, chapter 10, Unbreaking Culture, she brings the conversation away from the individual and onto the larger cultural 
conversation. How do we shift bias on a cultural level? And one idea that really stood out to me, that really like sparked for me, is that in order to shift a collective culture that reinforces unconscious bias across the board, we actually may need to place a larger spotlight on our individual differences within communities. Now, here's what I mean by that. So they did this experiment, and, and she talks about it in the book. The two people responsible for the experiment are Abdel Latif Rafi, apologize if I pronounced any of that incorrectly, which I'm almost certain I did, and Marcus Brower. So these are two researchers, and they created these large posters. This was in France, so all of these posters are in French. It's for The study was done in France. But So they created these large posters with people of Arab origin. And the posters had the person's name, their age, and a distinct personality trait, something like optimistic or stingy. Then each poster had the words, what makes us the same is that we are all different. Now that was across the board, across all of the posters, as part of the campaign. And so what you ended up with were all these different posters with photos of real people on it, a, a, a descriptor of them that was always different to one of the other photos. And then they all shared this same sort of tagline of what makes us the same is that we are all different. Now, the setup for this experiment is already interesting because you're creating this like very visual way to see that there are differences amongst this group, that this like cultural and ethnic group that it can be so easy to just group as Arab or Middle Eastern or whatever category you want to use. It can be so easy to just create that category and then refer to the category rather than the individuals. This campaign, this poster, this research experiment is trying to sort of pull out the individuals within that group and put them in your face. Now, why did they do this? Well, what they did afterwards is they measured an individual's unconscious bias towards people of Arab origin after seeing the posters. And what they found is actually kind of crazy. So they found that the people who were part of the test groups, of course, they had a test group and they had a control group. The people who were part of the test group, these are the people who saw the posters, for weeks afterwards, they acted in a less biased way towards people of Arab descent. Now, Jessica goes on to highlight that the findings suggest that unconscious bias towards racial, cultural, or ethnic groups, they require a person to view those groups as one body, one group of people that they can then apply their beliefs or assumptions or views to as a whole. So this is the idea that all black people are blank or every Muslim is blank. We can group these people together as a category and we can say this applies across the board. This applies to that category. We start referring to the category rather than the people. And when that happens, that's how you create these unconscious biases, because now you're biased towards the category, and that trickles down essentially to each individual within that category. When you see the individual, you don't think, oh, that's an individual black man, that's an individual white female. You think that is black man, that is white female, that is the category. This makes it so much easier to apply the sweeping assumptions about that group and to unconsciously act in certain ways 
based on the assumptions you have. Now, I'm going to use an extreme example here, but this is the kind of way that this plays out because I want to really drive home how difficult it is to rein in unconscious bias and assumptions. Now, let's pretend that you have seen evidence or, or seen news or, or seen sort of media. You've been taught your whole life that one particular group of people are more likely to commit murder. Are you going to take the risk when you are walking by yourself late at night, you see a person walking down the street, are you going to take the risk that they aren't going to commit murder right now? Consciously, you're probably aware that that's silly. Like, why would this individual person who's in front of you do anything? You're probably safe, so on and so forth. But this is where unconscious bias comes in. See, this doesn't happen, or at least it hasn't happened to me that often. It has happened a few times. But there is a phenomenon that very much happens in the U.S. where a black person is walking down the street and someone decides, you know what, this is the time I want to cross the street. Now, why did they choose to cross in that moment? They're not consciously thinking, black person, they're going to kill me. I need to go. But subconsciously, unconsciously, They've been taught their whole lives that black people are more violent. And so unconsciously, out of a state of I want to preserve my life, they're more likely to cross the street. That doesn't mean that every individual person will. It just means that when you look at the numbers, overall, more people do when a black person is walking down the street. That's how deep this can go. It's something that you logically are not acting on. It's just built into your view of the world. And that's the problem that this research is helping to sort of highlight, where if you are able to think about these groups not as black people, but as this black person, you're more likely to be empathetic towards them. You're more likely to act in a less biased way towards them. Because you recognize the individual in front of you. You assign humanness to them as opposed to this amorphous group that you've applied all of these biases towards. Now, I want to make sure I highlight something. This episode is my response to what I read. This is not all Jessica's words. This is not all from the, the study. This is me reading it connecting it back to other things that I've read, other things that I've experienced, and sharing my thoughts. So when I do have her on, I'll have the opportunity to clarify some things and, and better understand what she was thinking, better understand what she has learned throughout this process. But when I read this section, it really highlighted this like very interesting phenomenon to me where by focusing on the individual, by spotlighting individuals within these larger groups, you can actually help people recognize that, hey, that group is not just one thing that you can apply a lot of rules and, and, and ideas towards. That group is a bunch of individual people, just like my group is. So why are they any different than we are? It actually makes it easier to do that when you focus on the individual. And that's really interesting to me because, and, and I still believe that capitalism, our, our current sort of system that really is, in my opinion, hyper-capitalist, 
I think it places too much weight on the individual. I think it does so in a way that forces you to disconnect from uh, larger society, from your role in society, from how you affect society with your actions and your thoughts and your ideas. I think capitalism is is designed to drive a wedge in between people because that is the way that you create the most potential profit from a larger market. And so for a little while now, I've personally been advocating for the idea that maybe we could just focus on uh, less on the individual and focus more on the community, the collective. But I think this study is really starting to shift my view a little bit where I recognize now that individualism as a whole, the idea of people being individuals and being unique in, in some particular way is actually valuable for human to human relationships, for enabling society to recognize that there are, are, are different groups of people and different people within those groups and, and things can't really be applied across the board. And if that's what we need to do to start erasing some of this unconscious bias that years and years of advertising and of, of media consumption and of news and of, of skewed statistics and, and family tradition and so on and so forth has created in each of us, if that's what it takes is to highlight more and more individual people within their groups, then I'm all for it. But like I said, this is just my response to what I read in this phenomenal book. I recommend picking up a copy. It's called The End of Bias, A Beginning by Jessica Nordle. I'm going to be having her on the show in a few weeks, so I'm really excited to have that conversation, dive a little bit deeper into her thoughts, having put all of this together, having this and, and, and spoken to people who have this themselves and so on and so forth. I'm really excited to get that conversation down. So be sure to follow or subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening to make sure you don't miss that. And I want to hear your thoughts. So if you aren't listening on Spotify right now, there is a question of the day published with this episode that you can go over there and answer. I'd love to hear your thoughts on unconscious bias as a whole and how we move towards a world where it is less prevalent. Thank you so much for being here. I've been Greg Clunas. And remember that all big changes come from the tiny leaps we take every day.